Hi, I'm Gracie Sarkeesian, the Executive Director at the NYU Wasserman Center, and this is All in a Day's Work, the podcast we've created for you. All in a Day's Work will bring you episodes featuring members of the NYU community doing interesting work and navigating the professional world. We are excited to share their stories with you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, this is Mary Miller with All in a Day's Work. I'm here with NYU alumnus Joshua Krug, an educator and founder of Opening Doors, an educational intervention that deploys the power of text, context, and technology to help people find genuine connection, belonging, and meaning. Josh, thanks so much for being with us today. It's great to be here, Miriam. So I want to begin by having you walk us briefly through your educational background and what you've been doing since your recent graduation. I uh, went to Yale for college. I studied humanities and Near Eastern languages and civilizations, which was basically Hebrew and Arabic. And then I went to divinity school at Harvard. I studied um, modern Jewish thought, but was able to also learn Buddhist ethics, Islamic exegesis. It was an amazing uh, master's degree. And then at NYU, I did a doctorate in education and Jewish studies. Since my recent graduation, I've been exploring I've been teaching in Jewish education, I've been writing, I've been consulting, and I've also been experimenting with something called Opening Doors, an initiative that seeks to help people find community, find belonging in this contemporary world, in this contemporary time, connect with others. In a broader sense, I am interested in honoring my own like intuition and voice and sense of calling, vocation. I know that a lot of people, when they begin in a PhD program, oftentimes people do so with the intention of going into academia. But in the last few decades, that's certainly changed. And that's not necessarily a foregone conclusion that that is what people will pursue after a PhD. Can you talk a little bit about what your intention was when you decided to enter the program? Yes, absolutely. So I actually decided to apply to a doctoral program a bit on a whim. My GRE scores were expiring. and I, was, I said to myself, this is really the time to apply. I applied, I got in, and seemed like an amazing opportunity to move to New York City and to explore and learn in all kinds of ways. And I wanted to gain more credibility and I wanted to gain kind of intellectual discipline, that ability to sit and really engage with ideas and write that's been wonderful at NYU, learning how to do that in a deeper way. And so, you know, no, I was not looking to become a tenured professor per se. I was always trying to grow as a human being, grow as a professional. Even when I was in the doctoral program, I was experimenting. I was teaching on the side. I actually also became a high school teacher. I taught at my alma mater as well, and I was working with young adults. So I know education is something you've talked about and wanting to work, especially with young adults. Why is that particularly meaningful for you, do you think? I just see such a need and a hunger among folks in my generation and younger generations, a a search for meaning, a search for belonging and for purpose. You know, what does it look like to engage the best wisdom of the past and to, to bring that into our consciousness as we grow, as we develop? as we make choices about you know, who we are and how we're gonna give in our lives. These are the kinds of questions I've been asking and it's really from a love of learning and a love of, of bringing people together that sort of drives me 
to do what I do. So why do you feel like those things in particular are as important to you as they are? And how do you translate that into something that is a career? You know, I try to think about my life beyond the question of career. I want to make a difference. There's so many challenges in this contemporary world we live in. And I ask questions like, well, how am I going to show up? How am I going to partner with my friends and my colleagues and people around me to help them show up? So I try to think beyond like, am I going to get a 401k if I take that position? Now, of course, it's so important to think practically about how I'm going to be able to support myself, how to support a family, which one day I'd like to have, right? But I, I want to think expansively about the human life, about my life. And so practically, how does that translate into what I do? I, I sort of have this, I know it when I see it approach to opportunities. You know, someone calls me and says, Josh, can you be involved in this? And I think to myself, you know, is, does this resonate in my kishkas? Does it resonate in my core? And, you know, if it does, and if I'm able to do it, if I have the time, I'll try to do it. And at the moment, I'm sort of firing on all cylinders. I'm doing all kinds of things, and I'm really fortunate to be able to do different things to experiment and to give in different ways. And I'm learning with all the experiments I'm able to do. I think that's something we're going to see, I would expect a lot more of in the coming years, in part because I think COVID has changed a lot of ways in which people think about their work. They see work and personal is much more blended in many ways. I can imagine that there will be a lot of other people who are thinking about how do they cultivate a more meaningful or even spiritual relationship with their work. Do you have any advice for other people who are looking to to do that, whether it's in smaller ways or, or big ways? Well, I would say trust yourself and trust the process. You know, it's your life. And I know it's sort of trite, you know, carpe diem and, and the rest, but... Um, you know, what are you going to do with your one precious life? I'm, that, those are the words of Mary Oliver. Our, our most important resource on earth is time. How are we going to spend our time? And so we, use that, like resonate with that. Like, and of course, like not everyone has to like go on a quest to find the ultimate meaning of life, obviously, but don't push to the side those voices in your head that tell you, I want to go in that direction. On every level, it's possible that you'll, you'll gain from, from honoring those voices, honoring those intuitions. If only learning about yourself and who you are and who you want to be or who you need to be to give what you can give and only you can give. Because you're really trying to honor the things that you're passionate about and trying to carve out a path for yourself, in what ways is that a great experience to have or in what ways is that a, a challenging experience to have? I think there's a line by a poet, Machado, it's something like, wanderer, there is no road, make the road. And in some way, all of us are doing that anyway in our lives. No one has lived our lives before, and it's up to us to, to live our lives. But, you know, there's value in structure. If someone's paved the road, then, you know, plug in and, and you know, it's carved and you don't have to worry about rocks on the way, etc. So there's something really exciting about being with my proverbial machete and like, carving that road. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to be able to, to make my own path and also challenging. And, and so I think what I'm sitting with is, is this notion of structure. What does structure enable? And what does structure deprive us of? You know, if you have the nine to seven, nine to five, nine to something, you have that routine in your life, which is so valuable. And I, I'm a creative person. 
who benefits from structure. And so it's challenging to make your own structure. And so I would say to folks, you know, think about how to balance the desire for structure with the desire for expression and creativity. We'll be right back to our episode after this quick tip from Daniel Crystal. Social media isn't just for doom scrolling and highlight reels. It's actually a really helpful tool for job searching. You're already scrolling, you might as well add on a few accounts that could really help with your job search. Maybe you have a dream company or organization that you really want to work for. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever it may be, and most likely you'll be the first one to know about any job opportunities that they're going to highlight on their social media channels. Another area is professional associations. A lot of times professional associations have discounted rates for students, but they'll also promote their events and opportunities on their social media platforms too. So that's just another way to stay in the know with those professional associations, especially because they're gonna be a little bit more geared towards your particular industry. Another thing is some Twitter accounts are just job boards. There are some Instagram accounts that just offer career advice, whether it's about resumes, networking, negotiation. Another way that you can use social media is to research the organization. So maybe you want to do this before applying to the organization, or maybe you can use this after you've secured that interview. Learn about what they believe in, what they're saying on social media. Who are they following? Who's following them? Are they posting positive information? Are people commenting positive or negative comments? These are just some helpful tips in using social media for your job search. And now, back to the episode. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about this last year for you because you did graduate into a pandemic economy. Things have been very uncertain in most sectors right now, and, and yet you've still created this initiative of opening doors. How do you feel like the pandemic impacted your own career trajectory and your own exploration of what you wanted to do after graduating? It's been... It's been a powerful experience. Graduating into the pandemic economy has been a powerful experience. You know, at first, I think it was hard because I felt like finishing at NYU was like the equivalent of finishing a marathon. And all my supporters were were cheering. And then to finish, it felt like, now what? You know, I don't think I felt like I had a coherent professional role. At the end of 2020, I was teaching, I was writing, I was applying for jobs, you know, and there were moments that were challenging. I actually got to the sixth round of an interview process. I didn't get the job, right? So it's, it's demoralizing and frustrating. And of course, there weren't a lot of exciting jobs that were like spoke to my soul. And in the last months, I, I started this initiative called Opening Doors. It's been a really cool experiment. And I feel so excited about it in some measure because I feel like I'm able to share with my networks contexts and events that reflect who I am and who I want to be in the world. And I feel like I'm out in the world doing my thing rather than I finish the doctorate and no one knows. I've been really grateful for collaborations that I've had that I've been able to do 
through opening doors because I've been putting myself out there. And mind you, I should share, you know, I'm an educator and, you know, have different kinds of work beyond this initiative, opening doors. But doing this initiative has definitely brought me into connection and collaboration with all kinds of folks. I've been doing uh, various kinds of education on the Clubhouse app. I've done weekly learning on Zoom. I've also done public conversations with folks on Clubhouse and teaching texts on Clubhouse. I feel like I'm riding a wave. It's been so psychologically and personally powerful for me to feel like hineni, as they say in the Jewish sources, here I am. I also want to say doing the work that I've been doing in education on Clubhouse and on Zoom and in other contexts has also opened doors for me professionally because I've been called on to consult about Clubhouse and strategy for organizations. That's been a wonderful opportunity too. You know, one thing about social media is that it does have this ability to connect people from all over the world who have these different passions. What are some other ways in which you've you've seen those meaningful connections happen through this platform? One of the folks that's now involved with Opening Doors and she's running various kinds of programs within the context of Opening Doors is someone I met on Clubhouse. I didn't know her and she came to a program that I had put together and we started talking. And a few days later, she was doing Instagram stories for opening doors. And we were talking about strategy and she's based in Germany. You know, with the rise of, of technologies, you could think of Facebook in 2004, or I think it was 2004. You can think of the printing press in the 15th century. You know, new things become possible. And you know, there are broader social shifts in how people live, how people connect. And so I've been thinking about, you know, what these technologies, in particular Clubhouse, but not only, you know, what it means for precisely how we connect, how we learn, and where we meet each other, and how we meet each other, how we speak to one another, how we engage with text, how we engage with wisdom. Those have been the questions, some of the questions I've been sitting with. You know, I've been fortunate to be in dialogue with folks I admire and to amplify their voices. And these are people that I don't know that I would have had the opportunity to be in dialogue with, to be in public conversation with several months ago because they're, they're, they were already on Zoom. So when I said to them, hey, would you be willing to sit for a public conversation on Clubhouse? They probably thought about it in a different way because they weren't on Clubhouse and for them it was an entree into a whole new world. But you know, it's been so powerful to, to interview folks across difference, all kinds of folks from all kinds of backgrounds and you know, to really think about how do we change the world? I'm glad to give my information. I'm glad to give information for the organization. We have a Facebook page, we have a blog, we have an Instagram, we have all kinds of means of connecting. Of course, you can follow Opening Doors on Clubhouse. Just look it up. It's a club on Clubhouse. But uh, I definitely want to be in dialogue with all kinds of folks. I want to collaborate with all kinds of folks, with all kinds of organizations. And I think the question that I'm asking is how can I help? How can I help others? How can I help you, whoever is listening to this? Um, how can I help um, in this world, in this crazy world, in this strange pandemic time? I also wanted to ask you a little bit about the way in which you think about your work balancing ambition and making plans and having goals and executing projects with also being mindful because you're someone who does 
work specifically with purpose and meaning and lots of larger questions that you engage with. And so how do you find that you sort of sit at the intersection of those two things? What a great question. I have boundless energy, or I try to have boundless energy, and frankly, I might take on too much. I, I have a lot of hopes and dreams and desires, and I want to do this project and that project, you know, and so it's sort of a, an ongoing negotiation within myself. When I, when I uh, was finishing the, the doctorate, I felt like I didn't have a context to plug in. I felt like I was trying to make my way, but I was kind of groping in the dark a little here, a little there. But now the questions I'm asking have changed because suddenly I'm doing like four public conversations a week on Clubhouse and a couple Zooms and uh, planning learning sessions on another medium. And, you know, I'm even looking forward to planning an in-person retreat. Like there is so much stuff that I'm planning. So suddenly I'm tired. (laughs) I'm tired and I'm like living my dream at the same time. So I'm asking, you know, how do I not burn out? I definitely don't think I'm burning out, but how do I bring the attention and the care to each of the things I'm doing that each of these programs, each of these things deserves? You know, I think it's just an an ongoing conversation within me and with me and my collaborators of how do we do the best we can and how do we offer content that resonates with people? Because I think there is a need for it. People, people are hungry. People are, are looking for something beyond what exists. You know, there's there, that expression, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And everyone I know who actually does work, they're really passionate about, puts everything into it and feels incredibly tired oftentimes from what they're doing. The last thing I want to ask you about is what other kinds of projects you're involved in right now, what other kinds of initiatives, and what you think is next for you. On some level, I want to say, what aren't I involved with? I presented at a couple academic conferences. I'm planning a, a symposium in honor of a, a scholar who passed away. I'm writing. I've been doing some writing for Tablet Magazine and for the Forward Magazine. I'm teaching. I'm teaching adult education in a synagogue on Zoom. Uh, I'm researching, uh, well, I'm, I'm working for a foundation and helping them learn about some of the investments they're making. Like when you finish a PhD, you're like, you can reinvent yourself. At least that's what I'm finding. You can reinvent yourself. Suddenly, like you had given so much time and emotional energy to like this one question and to footnoting correctly and all the rest. And suddenly you can like rethink, who am I? How am I going to show up? And how am I going to give? I will also say, Miriam, that you know, I'm also, I'm exploring traditional career paths, even as I do all of the things I've been describing. I've been going full steam ahead at developing this initiative, and I've been working and, you know, you know hustling, I guess you could say, to, to make it all work with, you know, the practicals of life. But on the other hand, or in addition, I have a fourth interview somewhere coming up. Really excited about that. And, you know, if I get that opportunity, I think it could, could help me do the work that I've been doing in Opening Doors and the work I've been doing with Opening Doors could you know, inform uh, how I show up there. So what I wanna say in that regard is that it's not, it's not too far afield from, from my calling, my values to how I wanna be and who I wanna be and how I wanna give in this, this world of 2021 as we come out of this pandemic. 
Well, Josh, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I know that I'm certainly very excited to see what you continue to work on. I'm just really looking forward to seeing what's next for you. So thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Miriam, for all of your time. Thank you. And in Hebrew, you'd say, Ani. I am grateful. This has been Miriam Miller with All in a Day's Work. Thank you so much. If you want to learn more about the services that are offered at the Wasserman Center, you can log onto our career portal, Handshake, through your NYU homepage. Today's episode was hosted by Miriam Miller with episode guest, Joshua Krug. If Josh's initiative, Opening Doors, piqued your interest, you can learn more or get involved by following them on Clubhouse at Opening Doors. Since this episode was recorded, Josh accepted a new position as Director of Jewish Life and Learning at Kahila Jewish High School in Palo Alto, California. From everyone at All in a Day's Work, congratulations, Josh, on this exciting next chapter in your life and career. We're produced by Miriam Miller and Lily Smith, edited by Lily Smith, and created with support from Mia Beresford, Daniel Crystal, Haley Garofalo, Diana Mendez, Joseph Mercadante, Carrie Pannoni, and Sarah Rosenthal. That's All in a Day's Work. Thanks for listening.